For the relationship to work, the writer and editor must respect each other's expertise and passion. Rebecca Wenwich Wheeler. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Our topic today is going to be about style guides, not the official manuals of style such as Chicago or APA or MLA, but the personalized style guides that are or should be started by the author and finished by the editor. If you came to this episode looking for more information on those official style guides, tune in the end of this month. That is something we are going to be talking about. This style guide that we're talking about today is a bulleted list in a separate document with all the extra bits of information a story needs. When it comes to creating a style guide for a manuscript, the authors really should start it. Not all authors will. Not a lot of authors are aware that this is a thing. But a style guide is a good resource to go to, especially if you're a pantser because that is where you store the proper spellings of all your names. That's where you store your world building information, not like the full fleshed out versions, but the quick reference that you need to know how that should look in your book. And then when you pass your manuscript off to the editor, you can pass it along with that style guide so that the editor can look at that and then expand on it and maybe modify it if some things need to be modified. Because it doesn't really matter if they spell their name with an E-Y or E-I-G-H. The issue is if they're different anywhere. So keeping things consistent is more important than keeping things right, especially in the fiction world. So how do we go about creating that style guide for your book? And we are going to be talking about this as the editor, because that's this season. Again, it can be and probably should be started by the author, but if not, which probably not, you as the editor need to have one. You need to, in that conversation with the author, sit down and say, okay, Tell me, how are these characters' names supposed to be spelled? How are the town names supposed to be spelled? Are there any made-up vocabulary words that I need to be aware of, and how are those spelled? As an editor, you want to have this style guide open at the same time as the Google Doc or however you are editing the project whatever that format is in, have this open alongside so that you can add notes when something is introduced or reference those notes if something triggers in your head that that might not be the same or consistent as before. And as you create it, you can put into your style guide the chapter, the page number, or key phrases included in whatever it is that you're developing in that style guide so you know that you can reference it later. If something else comes up and there's a conflict and you need to know where that other thing was in the other places of the book. I like to have that key phrase in there because it's much easier for me to find with a control F blah 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 instead of sifting through page numbers and then hoping that with all these edits that have been applied that it's still kind of around that page number or in that same chapter if we move this chapter over there key phrases it's a much faster way to find the information you're looking for 
And you can use different colors or different highlights or style the guide so that it's easier for you to reference. Green can be just an idea, or yellow is implied but not stated. Red is outright stated. Those are things that will help you as you quickly reference the style guide through the rest of your editing process. And editors, if you are going to work with the author on this, and it is going to be a series, make sure you hold on to that style guide. Because if there is a series, you want to keep the style consistent across the series. You don't want it to suddenly change in a new book because the readers got very used to how it was in book one. Keep the style guide consistent across the series. So what is in a style guide? We've talked about how to use it and how useful it is. What types of things should we be writing down in this style guide that would be helpful for me in the long run? And what is just wasting my time? The important things to keep in there are the things specific to the book or series. That includes your world building, any of the language that you've added in there. So if you have made up names for monsters, you need to have those names in the style guide along with a brief description of what they are. And I will say this is different than the author's outline development in their world building full notes. What you put into your style guide is the truncated Sparks Notes version of the things that you created in your world building development. Like in world building in general, you may need to know it as the author, but if it doesn't actually show up on the page, even the editor doesn't need to know it. Yeah, the more concise it is, the easier it is to navigate. Again, it's that bulleted list just to remind you of other information that's been conveyed. The next thing you want to include in that style guide is stuff about the characters themselves. A list of names and how they're properly spelled, and maybe some detail about their backstory, especially if they're not the main character where it's part of the plot. Little things like the scars on the left side. They carry their blade at the small of their back. Details that should be kept consistent throughout the story. You also want to include a brief, I'm telling you, brief timeline where you identify the plot structure that you're using and then some of the main points that are going to be happening through that entire plot. This helps especially with timelines that are inconsistent, something like, the first season of Witcher, where it was kind of all over the place, having a timeline on a board in one of those writing rooms was probably incredibly helpful in having everyone keep track of what's happening. And having a notation of how much time is passing in between the scenes on this timeline can really help determine things like time travel and moon phases and making sure that you don't have characters in two places at once. The most important part, at least to me, of this style guide are those details about how things are written, how things are formatted in the story that is unique to the story. I want to see the style guide for Hail Mary. (laughs) That would be fascinating. For the musical notes that were used, when and how they did the differentiation of the types of musical notes that they used in there. Or was it just the same one every time? I don't know. I listened to the audiobook, so. I imagine the audiobook engineers had a different style guide (laughs) than everyone else. 
because in the books, it just looks like random notes that aren't on a staff. So it's just the note shapes, basically, just to indicate music is happening. But in the audiobook, there was distinct intervals and kind of its own language had to be designed just for the audiobook version of this novel. The other thing that you can include in there is punctuation. If it's punctuation already referenced in the Chicago Manual of Style or whatever style guide you're using that's like official, you don't necessarily need the punctuation here. I would recommend putting in whether or not you're including the Oxford comma, whether or not you're using British or American spelling, or any of the punctuation that is unique to the story itself. Also, things that are a little more liquid because they're fantasy and not consistent with every author would be things like songs that the dwarves are singing. Is that indented or is that in prose, in quotes? How do we do the line breaks and that kind of thing? The formatting for even something as simple as a journal entry or a newspaper entry. Making sure that those are consistent throughout your story makes it much healthier. And on the reader's side, much easier to understand immediately what it is without even having to read the content. I realized the one type of punctuation, well, probably the two types of punctuation that you really need to include in the style guide that's personalized to the book. M dashes and ellipses. Because ellipses in fiction are not the same as ellipses in style guides. This is also where you want to include the formatting for different texts, different signs or newspapers, if you have any of those type of things. And when I say text, I mean like text messages, if you have that in your story. How you're formatting it in the final version that goes to publication, that's all important. I would also say redefined words. We talked, I believe, in the line editing episode about how authors can for this one story, redefine a word in the context of what it means for your main characters. When you as an editor notice they're redefining what this word means, then you add that to the style guide so that the next time a character says home, you can ask the author, wait, did you mean this kind of home that you pre-redefined it as? Or did you mean just what we normally expect? The last thing I want to mention with the style guide as the editor, as you're going through, as you're defining the style guide, and you have all of those fictional fantasy names at your fingertips, please go Google them. Make sure they're not actual words. Make sure they're not in the Urban Dictionary for some reason. That can save you a lot of headaches, both for you and the author, if the author had accidentally created a fantasy name that is entirely too close to a word that people know and are familiar with and have bad connotations. Like everything we've been discussing in the editing world, style guides are incredibly unique to the story that you are editing. They are a communication between the editor and the author. That is the goal of the style guide, to keep all of these things consistent. Which means when you, as the editor, are representing the reader, then you need to make sure that you're giving them everything that they want and everything that you want, which starts when you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>